right, two weeks today, it's Christmas. Are you ready? No. <laughs> Some of us are like, yes, can't wait. And other of us are like, ah, there's so much to do. You know, and you have those conversations with people everywhere at the moment, don't you? It's like, how are you doing? <gasps> I'm just taking it a day at a time at the moment, you know, or I'm just really stressed or, you know, there's a lot of that going on for people. And, uh, but there's also that excitement, isn't there? That, that sort of that counting down to Christmas Day for lots of different reasons. And, uh, and so we sort of find ourselves in, you know, what some of us would call the silly season because it is slightly mad. But uh, in the midst of all of this, Matt uh, last week spoke on this whole thing of hearing God. And uh, he did an awesome job of kind of just kind of communicating with us and kind of getting us to think about why it is that we want to hear from God and some of the ways that that can happen for us. And he gave us a whole lot of uh, illustrations and ideas about that. And we got a lot of feedback from people about how helpful that is. I recognize that at this time of the year, that whole idea of hearing God in the midst of all of this is a little bit challenging, isn't it? There's a lot going on. And so while we have challenge on one hand, like one of the things we noticed, uh, we lived in the Northern Hemisphere for about five years in the UK and the States, and they have a whole different rhythm to their year. So when they finish for Christmas, it, it's not the end of their year at the same time. So they, they take some time off for Christmas, but then they just carry on because like the school year starts in September. There's so many things that sort of, it's just carrying on. We, in the summer, southern hemisphere, we are up for a bit more of a challenge. And we wrap up everything for the year at work and with school and all of this for Christmas all at the same time, just to up the ante a bit. Yeah. And, uh, but we're brave souls, so we take it on. But it makes for an entirely different rhythm. And, and it makes it, I think, somewhat more challenging for us, especially this whole thing of like, well, how do I hear God in the midst of all of the running around? that there is at the moment, you know, all the end of school things, the end of work things, the, you know, the getting ready for family to come. It's a little bit challenging, but there's also this amazing opportunity for us. The four Sundays or the four weeks before Christmas Day is a season that we call within the traditional church Advent. How many of us have heard that? We've heard of Advent, Advent calendars, the Advent wreath, well, if you were going to probably an Anglican church or a Catholic church and a lot of other traditional churches, one of the things that they do on the four Sundays leading up to Christmas is they have uh, this rhythm to their calendar that helps them to prepare for Christmas, which I'll unpack a little bit later on. But this thing of Advent, Advent comes from a Latin word which means coming. It's the sense of something's coming. The sense of uh, and excited anticipation, you know, of counting down. I know when our kids were small, it doesn't happen quite so much these days, but they would be counting down to Christmas Day. It was just so exciting every day for like about a month beforehand. <gasps> it's only 23 days to go, you know. And then you get down to the last few days, it gets down to hours, you know, till Christmas morning. It's that sense of preparing ourselves in Advent. We're preparing ourselves to remember Jesus is coming which was this amazing event. Now, we often, we tell the story of Christmas and we'll be revisiting that in our Christmas Eve service, but in a way that is sure to uh, be amusing to many of you. Um, but you'll have to come along. It's the unrehearsed version of uh, retelling the story. Uh, and, and we tell the story and we sort of remember Jesus as a baby, which is pretty cool because we know what he went on to do. But what is amazing about Christmas Day 
is that God sent his son to come and be a human being. And we remember that. We prepare ourselves to celebrate that. That was profound that he did that. It gave us this opportunity to have relationship with him in a way that had never happened before. It made a way for us to know God in a way that had never happened before. Because he came, he was incarnate, he was flesh and blood, just like us. It was an amazing thing. So we've got this counting down in Advent, we've got preparation, we've got anticipation, and it also helps us to step into that sense that the people of Israel had had before Jesus' coming, where for hundreds of years they had had this longing for the Messiah to come. So Advent for us, the season that we're in right now, has an opportunity for us to actually tap into all of that and more. There's a quote from uh, Jan Richardson, who's an author, and she says this, The season of Advent means that there's something on the horizon, the likes of which we have never seen before. What is possible is to not see it, to miss it, to turn just as it brushes past you. So stay, sit, linger, tarry, ponder, wait, behold, wonder. There will be enough time for running, for rushing, for worrying, for pushing, for now, stay, wait, because something is on the horizon. We're nearly there. And so as we are doing all of our preparing and all of our getting ready for Christmas, let's be sure that that's not just focused on our external world, getting up the Christmas tree, buying the presents, wrapping the presents, putting the presents under the Christmas tree, getting the groceries, planning the meals, you know, getting the house ready for family and friends to come stay. It's very easy for us to get so focused on the external preparation that we don't prepare our hearts, that we can miss Advent. And so this morning, we're going to spend a little bit of time just reflecting on how it is that in the midst of all of this that we have going on right now, we can practice the pause why don't we pray? Father, I ask that this morning, that as we just are sitting still, which for some of us, this might be the first sitting still all week. And I pray, Lord, that you would come and that you would fill this place with your peace this morning. Would you come and encounter each one of our hearts? Remind us again of the season that we're in and meet with us in really precious ways. Lord, I pray that you would whisper to our hearts that our hearts would grow strangely warm as we start to prepare ourselves to remember Jesus' birth. So be with us, I pray. Lord, would you be with me as I preach? Lord, I ask God that the words that are of yours, that they would sit in our hearts and anything else would just fall off. So fill us again, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was reading an online magazine this last week called Inc.com, and it said, what one action can sharpen your emotional intelligence? The pause. Pausing is really good for us. Their suggestion is, is that we pause before we speak. We pause before we act. We pause before we react. So we react well. For us as followers of Jesus, those pauses are opportunities for us 
to listen, to hear from God. Imagine if we actually got good at this, that we paused before we spoke and got good at just, Lord, what is it you're speaking to me right now? And then we spoke. That it just became a natural part of who we are. That we can teach that and model that to our kids. That they, that would become a normal thing. Because the thing is for us is that pausing is a vital component for us if we want to cultivate this ability to hear from God. Many of us had experiences in the, uh, you know, in the, the week that we had of nonstop prayer just a couple of weeks ago. Many of us had these encounters with God would come away and say, I felt like God said, or that he showed me this thing. And I would hazard a guess that probably 80 to 90% of those or more were not some big booming voice or like writing on a wall or up in the clouds or, you know, some big shiny bright light moment. It's probably more likely that it was this quiet, gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit in our heart, this whisper that is so easy for it to be smothered or missed. It can get lost in the background, can't it? And I think many of us kind of loved the fact that we got to go into that prayer room for an hour at a time or more and just and pause. We were intentionally pausing. And most of us would, would come out and say, oh my gosh, God was there just because we'd stopped and actually sought to hear him. It's kind of that difference between hearing and listening. You know how when you're having a conversation, I hate to admit this, you're going to think she's such an awful person. But you know how you can be in a conversation with someone and you're not really listening? You can kind of, yeah, I'm not the only one, yes. Um, but you know, it's like you kind of tune them out. I know, I know as a mum that I got good at that when the kids are small, you know, they're kind of rah, rah, rah. Um, and you just sort of tune it out for your own sanity's sake. I don't do that now, my lovely daughters. It's amazing that they're still here and as whole and healed as they are. <laughs> Must be the Lord. Um, but but we, we're kind of guilty of that often, aren't we? We sort of tune out for lots of different reasons. We get distracted. We're kind of too busy thinking about what's in our own head, you know, or what's coming next. Or we're too busy thinking about what we're going to say when they stop talking, so we don't listen. We can do that same thing to God, but have we ever been on the receiving end of that gift that people give us sometimes when when they're talking to us, they are fully focused on us, where they just look at us and they listen and they're not distracted by anything else that's going on and they really listen. And it's a gift, isn't it? Don't you come away just going, oh my gosh, that was, what was that? Because it's such a rare thing. It's that same dynamic in our conversations with God. You know, I think we can sort of get quite good at tuning him out. Or just it's smothered by all the noise in our head or in our lives. But we can give them this gift of pausing, of choosing to give him our attention and of really listening so pausing in the midst of our coming and going every day helps us to pay attention and it helps us to focus in on hearing that gentle whisper. And it's not a case of us completely stepping out of life and disengaging and not, you know, I, I know that I've read, you know, some of the, um, you know, I read the Desert Fathers and, you know, other contemplatives through history, church history where they've completely removed themselves from normal day-to-day -day life. 
in their pursuit of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but most of us are not called to that. We are living in the context of busyness and of people with their needs and the interactions that happen. And God wants to speak to us right in the middle of those. And we are able to cultivate the ability to hear him. There's this biblical word called selah. It's an interesting word. It's mentioned 74 times in the Bible, mostly in Psalms. And most biblical scholars would agree that it means to pause and to think about something. To think about that, the thing they've just heard. It's a musical direction in Hebrew which is why it's used so much in Psalms, because Psalms is a collection of songs and poetry. It means to pause, to stop and listen, to weigh what you've just heard and to prepare for what's coming next. Doesn't that sound a lot like the season we're in now? This opportunity to pause, to reflect back and to get ready for what's coming. That's where we find ourselves now. This practice of pushing pause is part of our wiring. It's what we're made for. Uh, I was reading, as I was looking at this whole thing of pausing and, and this sailor being a, mu- a musical direction. And because uh, you, when you'd read Psalms, you'll see it written at the end of, you know, like a phrase. And it's like you just wait for a minute and then you carry on. And I was just thinking about how in music, there's those pauses that are written in to music, aren't there? They don't just like blah, 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 the whole time, all the way through. There are pauses strategically put in a musical arrangement for, on purpose for, for us to sort of kind of catch our breath with what we've just heard and get ready for what's next, the next movement. And so I was doing a bit of reading around some of that. And I, I read this article that was written for the Bulletproof Musician. For more perfect practice, it says, try longer pauses. All in all, it seems that our gains in the practice room come not only from the learning that occurs during each practice attempt and the muscle movements that we make, but also from the learning that occurs in the time between our practice attempts. It takes a bit of discipline to get in the habit of pausing for a moment between practice repetitions, but give it a try. Take your time. Pause, ponder or reflect on what just happened rather than spending the time mentally counting to five. Plan your next move and see what happens. Musicians have discovered, and they were referencing a bunch of different studies that they've done as they've looked at musicians and how they can develop their craft. Musicians have discovered that it's actually really helpful for them in learning how to do their craft well to pause, to reflect and then to do it again. For them to just bang on and just sort of go over it and over and over and over it with no stopping, rolling from one thing to the next, they've discovered that they actually miss some vital learning that happens in the pauses. I think the same thing is relevant for us in life. If we just roll from one event to the next, just never stopping, we miss the opportunity that the pause gives us. I've been able to hear God in the midst of that. We do sort of, I love it, Sarah, I saw it. (laughs) I love it. Um, You know, we miss that opportunity that the pause gives us. God meets us in that. We'll miss really good things if we just keep rolling from one thing to the next. It's almost like, I remember a time, uh, was before I came to faith and I was in my late teens, things were pretty horrendous at the time, and uh, 
and it was an unconscious thing, but reflecting back, I realized that I used to keep myself busy all the time. If I wasn't with people, I would be at home and I would make sure it was about the only time in my life that I loved housework because it just kept me busy. You'd keep noise going, you'd have the television on or you'd have music playing or whatever, anything to avoid the silence and stillness because then I would be confronted with what was really going on. I think sometimes we say, oh, I really want to hear from God, but then we kind of live life almost like we've got our fingers in our ears, unconsciously avoiding hearing him by staying busy, by keeping the noise going. We don't want to pause because then everything in us catches up and we're confronted with some of those things and we don't like it. God speaks to us through anything at any time. So he can speak to us in the midst of the hustle and bustle. However, I think that as human beings, our experiences is that we often find it easier to hear him in the pause. So it's more about us than it is about him. I think we just miss him when we're distracted and busy. It's not that he's not speaking. It's not that he isn't close. It's just we just don't hear him because we're not so good at tuning out some of the extraneous stuff. Part of learning to hear God and practicing this pause is that it gives us time to think about what he's saying to us so that we don't find ourselves on a path that takes us in a direction we really don't ultimately want to go or that we discover that we have the sense of no purpose in life we're just on a treadmill to pause and to reflect it gives us this chance to just pay attention to that kind of that nudge that we felt in the midst of the conversation we just had with our friend over coffee or it gives us the chance to like ponder the the idea that kind of jumped out at us in the middle of the movie that we just saw gives us time to actually grab a hold of those things as God speaks to us. It helps us to remember where we're going when life gets crowded and busy. And if you look at Jesus, who is the ultimate example of what humanity lived well is, he did this all the time. He modeled it. He taught his disciples how to do it. He would invite them into it with him. If we have a look at Mark 6, 31 to 32, we see this... uh, Kind of, I'll unpack it a little bit, but we'll read this little bit of scripture. The apostles then rendezvoused. I love that word. They rendezvoused. It's like this secret arrangement. Um, probably wasn't, but anyway, it sounds great. The apostles don't know where I went with that, but um, the apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported on all that they had done and taught. And Jesus said, "Come off by yourselves." Let's take a break and get a little rest. For there was constant coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. Does that sum up some of your days lately? Constant coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. If we actually unpack what was happening there, just earlier in that chapter, what we discover is is that Jesus had just sent out his disciples in pairs. And he'd sent them off on their first lone mission trip. And they were sent off to all the villages in the area. And this was the first time that they were going to go out. They were going to preach the good news. They were going to pray for people. They were going to pray for the sick. They were going to look to see the kingdom of God breaking in. And they didn't kind of quite know how that was going to go because Jesus wasn't going with them this time. 
Jesus did this amazing thing in terms of teaching people how to follow him. He would go, take them with him. He'd show them what to do. Then they'd talk about it. They'd sort of debrief. Then he'd get them doing it alongside him. Then he'd send them off to go do it. And then they'd come back and they'd talk about it. And this is what that is. They've come back. They're telling them all the things that happened. You can imagine the kind of the mixed emotions, you know. We got to this one village and they didn't want a bar of us. They chased us out of town. You know, went to another village. We got welcomed with open arms. We got to preach. We saw, you know, God's kingdom come. We got to pray for people. We saw people healed. We saw them whole again. They'll come back with all of the different stories. And this, this is what's happening here. They come back, they rendezvous, and they tell him all that they had done and taught. That was part of the mix. Another thing that had happened just prior to them coming back was that they would have found out that John, who was Jesus' cousin, had just been beheaded by King Herod. John had been in prison for a while. Herod was afraid of him because he told the truth. He was a prophet. He was highly revered by people. But ultimately, you can take a read in Mark to be able to read what happened, but ultimately he lost his life. So this wasn't just some person they'd heard about. This was Jesus' cousin. He was family. They would have known him. They knew his disciples. They traveled in the same part of the country. So you can imagine the heartbreak, the shock, the grief of that. So when they rendezvous, they're coming back with all of the highs and lows of life, all kind of thrown in together, which is kind of what life's like, isn't it? Just this last week, a friend of ours posted uh, something on his Facebook feed just saying how within a day, they were celebrating the birth of the first child of some friends of theirs, and they, he was attending the funeral of a wonderful man of God, all within 24 hours. And that's life. We have the joy and we have the sorrow right alongside each other. So the disciples are coming back. Jesus himself is impacted by this. And in the midst of all of that, what's his response? Let's go away. Let's pause. They got on a boat and they went out onto the lake because it was the only place they could go because word was getting out about what was happening with Jesus. And people everywhere wanted what they had. So the only place they could go to be quiet was on a boat in the middle of the lake. But he knew it was important, and he invited them along with him. Come away with me, he said. So they did. And by the time they got to the other side of the lake, people had heard where they were going, and there was crowds all over again. And we see that the next thing that happens is they preach, they minister to thousands of people, and then they feed a few thousand people with a few loaves and fish. They went from one very mixed set of circumstances into another really full-on set of circumstances where they see the amazing things of God all alongside the challenges of life. That's life. And in the midst of it, we want and need to pause to be able to hear him. It's in those times we get to celebrate our wins, just like the disciples did. We get to encourage and be encouraged by the Lord in the midst of our hard things. We get to reflect on the things that we're learning, and we get to receive his comfort where we grieve and where we're hurt. God will speak to us in all of those things, but we can miss it if we just 
rush past. This constant coming and going, I think sometimes we sort of have this arrogance in our culture and in our generation of thinking that, you know, it's so much harder for us. The pace of life, you know, it's sped up, we've got all these devices now, we've just, the pace of life so busy. But if you read anything of church history, every single generation has had to grapple and fight for pausing and following the Lord in ways that bring life to them. Every single generation. We are no different. We have unique challenges that, you know, our grandparents didn't have. But the challenges, you know, it's all relevant. We just, it's, it's just, we just need God's perspective on, okay, well, Lord, this is our culture. This is our reality. It doesn't surprise him. He wasn't taken unawares by the smartphone. You know, he knows our lives. And he will be able to lead us through how it is we can have vital, dynamic, growing, transformational relationship with him in the midst of all, everything we have. So don't, don't not listen to him just because we don't think he knows what we're doing. So here we are. We're approaching Christmas. We've got two whole weeks. So I want to make a few suggestions for you that you may or may not want to interact with because there are actually things woven into some of our traditions that we can grab a hold of that can actually help support and feed and fuel this desire that we have of ongoing intimate relationship with the Father and of hearing Him in the midst of life. So one of those things is Advent, these Advent Sundays. Now we've missed two, uh, but we can catch up because we're flexible. Now, if we're in a traditional church, what they would have is they have uh, the Advent wreath, and then within them, there are four candles, uh, and then one taller one, usually, in the middle. And they have different colours that represent different things, symbolise different things. But over the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, every Sunday, they light one of these Advent candles, okay? And those candles represent different things. The first week is hope. The second week is love. The third is joy. And the fourth is peace. All of those are gifts that Jesus brings to us at Christmas. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And then on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day, you would light the candle in the center, which is usually white, and it symbolizes Jesus as the light of the world. It gets us focused in on what's important in the midst of this. Now for us, it may be that we want to grab the weekdays this week and next week. And that on each of those days, we might just want to pause sometime in our day, calendar it in. I use alarms on my phone to get my attention through the day. My kids know, they'll hear an alarm and Katie, our 14-year-old, go, yep, mum, it's time to pray. You know, because she knows that that's what the alarms are for. It's a bit random, but it helps. Um, but so over the next five days, what you may want to do is take a day and just reflect on each of those things on each day. We can adapt the, the tradition. Hope. You know, in Matthew twelve twenty one, it tells us this, that the mere sound of his name will signal hope. Well, what does God want to say to us about that right now in the midst of our circumstances? Love. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Let's take time to just pause and to think about that and invite God to speak to us about how much he loves us. Nehemiah 8.10, 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of us are feeling a little tired at the moment. So some strength in wrapped up as joy sounds great, doesn't it? So what is God whispering to your heart about that? Peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Colossians 3.15 We're probably in great need of peace in the midst of what should be a peace-filled lead up to Christmas. One of the names of Jesus is Prince of Peace. What peace is he wanting to speak to you about as he steps into your world? We can pause. We can choose how we interact. Some of you may be doing this as a family at home already. I know that different people do. But for those of us who maybe don't come from those traditions, we're not familiar with it, we can take these things and help reinforce. We just add them to. It's the riches of the church. It's just the most wonderful thing. And we can enrich our lives by doing these things. Another thing that we may do, I know some of you have Jesse trees at home. Now, Jesse trees are a very old Christmas tradition. They first started in medieval times. And what happens is you have a tree, and then you use different decorations that you put on every day through December, and they help to tell the story of God and his people from creation through to Christmas. And so what you could do is if you're currently doing that or if you want to do that, honestly, just Google any of this stuff and there's resources abounding, you know, like just choose some and you could get started. I'm, I'm always like kind of of the idea that if you find a good idea, it doesn't matter if you're a bit late, just grab it and go. Um, so with the Jesse tree, the thing is, I think sometimes with some of our traditions is that we can kind of get just, it becomes rote a little bit. You know, like we sort of do it, we love it. We love doing it. That's why we do it every year. Our kids look forward to doing these things. It's wonderful. But let's build into doing that a pause. So each day, as we tell that part of the story of the Jesse tree and we put that ornament on the tree, why don't we just pause and reflect on that part of the story? And what would God want to be speaking to me about with that part of the story today? All of us wrap presents. Do we? Or do we get them to do that at the mall? (laughs) Or we're up at midnight on Christmas Eve, suddenly realising, oh my Lord, I haven't done any wrapping. There's a lot to do. I won't get much sleep tonight. Okay, for those of us who are slightly more organised, when we're wrapping presents, we can actually practice the pause in the middle of that. We can take that time to reflect on the greatest gift we have ever been given in the person of Jesus and unpack that with the Lord. What what does life look like in relationship to him as I reflect on these things? You know, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Well, Lord, what is that? I feel like there are some really dark things, but you say that you've made me for more than that and you've saved me for more than that. Lord, speak to me about that just as I'm wrapping. Or it could be that as we're wrapping that we're actually praying for the person that we're wrapping the gift for. Lord, what would you want to say about that person that then I can maybe pass on as an encouragement or that you want to change my perspective on something in them? Help me to love them better. Help me to see them the way that you do. But speak to my heart. Help me to hear you. 
pause. So the thing is, is there are wonderful gifts within the season that we're in, the tradition that we have that we can tap into, as well as just the freedom to create whatever traditions we want. But let's, within the season of Advent, as we approach Christmas, practice pausing. One of the things that we may want to add into our Christmas preparation is uh, a short series of videos that are coming out by the 24-7 prayer uh, organization. And every weekday, they are posting a one-minute uh, video clip on YouTube. You can subscribe to following them, and you'd be able to see them. And what they're doing over this two weeks coming up to Christmas is they are unpacking Isaiah 9, verses 6 to 7. So each day, they read out a piece of that scripture, and then they have a reflection on it. One minute. What if, for the next two weeks, that we set an alarm on our phone at lunchtime, so as we sit down with our cup of coffee and, you know, sandwich or whatever it is, that we actually just quickly pull out our phone or have the laptop there, and we watch one minute that just captures our heart again, reminds us again of the season we're in as we prepare ourselves for Christmas, and pause, listen to, watch the video clip, but then actually ask God to speak to us on the back of it. So rather than that just being a random idea, we're going to actually look at one of them. It's um, the second clip. You've only missed six, so it's like six minutes worth of viewing. Once again, if you're behind, it doesn't matter. You can catch up. It's very quick. So we're going to watch this one-minute clip, and, uh, and then we're actually going to practice pausing on the back of it. So instead of just talking about it and not doing it, we're going to have a crack at it. But here's the thing. I don't want you falling asleep because I know you're tired. I'm looking around. <laughs> Some of you look like you're holding yourself up. Um, so here's what I want to invite you to do, is as we watch this, let's be engaging with it from the perspective of, Lord, I want to hear from you. Thanks, Kira. I want to hear you. So, Lord, as we do this, would you speak to my heart? And then we'll take a little bit of time after that just to make room for that. Is that okay? Cool. All right. You'll set some in? Thank you. To us, a child is born. A child. It's so easy for us to become really familiar with these words that we cease to get enthralled by the wonder of it all. God became a baby. Infinity was dwindled down to infancy, stepping out of heaven and putting skin and bone on. But this is the God that we serve, one willing to so identify with us that he would come and share in both our joy and our pain. I don't know what this Advent season looks like for you, but the birth of this child is God's pursuit of you. Jesus is the assurance that whatever we're going through, we have a God in heaven who meets us right in the middle of our broken humanity. Emmanuel, God is with us, God is for us, for unto us a child is born. Okay, so get comfy. What we're going to do is we're going to just pause for about a minute. Okay? That doesn't sound long, it can feel long. And what I'd want us to do is just invite God to speak to us. He may use a little bit out of that. It might be something that's been talked about this morning, or it might be just something that he's been kind of stirring your heart with over the last few days or week. 
and we're going to practice our pause and see what he does. Is that okay? I'm just going to pray at the beginning. I'll pray at about the end. And then we'll see what he wants to do. Okay? So, Lord, here we are. Father, I ask that you'd come and that you'd help to settle our hearts and our minds. Help us not to be so busy internally that we can't hear you. But Lord, would you capture our hearts with the things that you may want to speak to each one of us this morning. It might just be a word, it might be a phrase, it might be a picture, it might be remembering something. But Lord, would you speak to us? Help us to hear. So come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you, you know the language that each one of us hears, that you speak to us personally. And Lord, I pray that you give us the gift of your peace this morning as we pause, as we wait, as we rest in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. At the risk of this going horribly, how many people felt like they actually had a nudge from the Lord in the midst of that little time? It's really short, but how many of you? Just pop your hand up. So take a look around. Those of you in the front can't see. Have a look. This should encourage us because God does speak to his people. He wants to have ongoing conversation with us through our days. So can I encourage each of us as we go into this next two weeks that as well as preparing our homes and our families for Christmas Day, that we actually take some time to prepare our hearts and to be able to practice our pause, whatever that looks like. I pray that God would speak to each one of us and show us what that might look like for us because there's no one size fits all. That's part of the joy of following Jesus. We don't have to be like anybody else. However, that's part of the challenge of following Jesus. It's because we aren't like anyone else. But trust that he'll speak to you if you ask him and he'll show you how you could do this. Because he wants to talk to his people. Okay? We're going to finish up. But I just feel like um, if there is anyone that has anything going on with their physical body that they need healing for, we'd just love to pray for you. I just feel like God, just every Sunday lately, I've just felt like he's make sure that you keep praying for people for healing. So we don't want to skip that bit. So is there anyone that would have that? Like you've either got some, what is it? Maybe just not sleeping well and headaches, but anything else. Is there anyone that would want any prayer for that? Which I know is a bit daunting. We won't make you come up the front. We'll talk to you. We'll come see you where you are. Anybody? Cool. Thank you. Two, three. Okay. And up the back. Okay. Here's what we'll do then, because there's a few people. We don't want to miss anybody. Would you guys be willing just to pop your hands up? And can I ask people that are around them, can you just move to where they are and go pray for them? So we've got Craig up the back. We've got one, two, Jenny, Mitch is here. Can people, you're allowed to move. I know it's church, but we are allowed to get up and make noise and move around. 
Cool, you guys are all set over there. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Okay, I'll just pray as we go. That's awesome seeing you. God bless you as you go into this week of counting down to Christmas. May he fill you with his peace and his joy as you go. And we'll see you next week. In Jesus' name, amen.